Hello and welcome to Marketplace on UC Today, your guide to the unified communications and collaborations market. I'm Tom Wright and I'm delighted to be joined by Aaron from Audio Codes to discuss the Microsoft Teams space. It's great to have you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot to talk about here and there's obviously a lot of components to Microsoft Teams. And to start with, I wonder if you could talk through how you see Teams fitting into Microsoft's wider vision for the hybrid workplace. Well, you could say that it fits into a much larger you know, set with a modernized modern workplace and hybrid workplace is a, is a, a faction of that. Uh, obviously, if we're focused on hybrid, the goal with hybrid um, you know, meeting is or hybrid work is to make sure that the remote attendee feels as included, as uh, co-creative as somebody sitting in the room. And a lot of times our experiences with, uh, let's call them audio conference rooms or, you know, some of the old uh, legacy iron, uh, you know, that exists on, in the marketplace today, that technology sometimes gets in the way. You can't hear, you can't see, and you certainly can't co-create. Um, if somebody stands up to write something on a whiteboard, um, good luck, <laughs> you know, seeing that you'll have to look at a picture afterwards or whatever the case is. So. Uh, with respect to how does Teams facilitate hybrid, um, it, it really is a, a collection of how do we make sure that when we're together, we can be together, let the technology fade into the background, and just be human, and uh, allow technology to prepare us in advance of a meeting with pre, pre-context, post-context, follow-through, et cetera. So I think Teams... Um, admittedly is a, a little bit more complex than Skype for Business, and as it should be. Uh, it is not just instant messaging and, and presence. It's, it's meant to really be a, a platform that helps us to accomplish things. Um, and so that's my answer. So if we think about sort of the concept of the hybrid workplace, it's all we've been hearing about for the last couple of years. So has it replaced sort of the, the idea of the digital workplace? Yeah. Um, uh, I, th- I think re- replace and coexist is, is definitely where these two philosophies live. Y- you definitely need the ability to, you know, digital workplaces, um, you know, by popular understanding, making sure that I have access to tools in a digital realm, irrespective of where my desk sits. I could be in another branch office. I can hot desk effectively to my business application or to the application layers of, of what I'm using. Um, you know, if we use some examples like intranet, SharePoint, um, you know, CRM, et cetera, um, the, the digital workspace is really about the tools that we're using and where can I be in my wider area network, my WAN, right? Or my local area network, I can be in, d- in different locations. And so it's, it's, not specifically concentric to tools, but it definitely speaks to that bandwidth, availability, you know, the, and, and um, fluency with the applications. Hybrid meeting is more, um, hey, whether my employee is, like we just talked about, whether my employee is remote or in person, I still want to have that, that human experience. And I need to be flexible in the case of, you know, dare I say COVID-20 or, um, you know, it's, really the, the what the pandemic has done is it's set a new benchmark with respect to survivability. I need to be able to survive outages with ISP. I need to be able to survive outages with, you know, telephony. I need to be able to survive human, um, not outages, but human realities where, hey, we don't want to be in the same building 
right? And so companies are, with hybrid work, companies are going down this path, at least the companies that I interact with every day, uh, of asking, how much brick and mortar do we need? Uh, are people more efficient from home? Uh, what kind of work schedules you know, can we um, employ? And is working from home a risky proposition if I don't have any real measurement or metrics on um, the efficacy of my employee? Are we task oriented or are we hour oriented? Um, and so th those are those are kind of the the two groups uh, and how they relate to each other. Okay, so if we look a bit more specifically at the technology and uh, and voice technology in particular, most organisations have invested in technology for voice. So should they run teams in parallel with that technology or is it better to integrate uh, the legacy communications infrastructure with a cloud platform like Teams? Yeah. Uh, well, certainly as far back as OCS, uh, Microsoft has made it clear that coexistence is a strategy. Um, you can utilize uh, the functions of Teams uh, in, in all of their glory, right? Uh, in a coexistent capacity with uh, the, your current uh, tools, your, or I'll, I'll say plasticware and hope that doesn't offend anybody, right? Uh, legacy iron plasticware, right? Um, so so the, the principle is, or really the, the choice is between coexistence or coexistence with a point to migration. And I, I think, uh, you know, the rule of the day, at least for me, and I'm sure the, the wider audience is, Anytime I can make my life simpler, <laughs> less complex, and less costly, that's definitely uh, where I want to go. So, um, yes, um, is the answer. Coexistence or coexistence with an eye to migration. I, I think at, at its core, though, is the, the question about the success criteria of a company. Um, there are functions that I have to accomplish with an overhead speaker or with a da-da-da, and it's up to um, it's up to the system integrator, to the, the cloud solution provider ecosystem, the, the global SI, to really educate uh, the world around, yep, yeah, anything you can do in a standard legacy PBX you can do within Teams. Uh, if you're worried about Contact Center, there are solutions that definitely supersede uh, your standard or, or even complex Contact Center functionality. Uh, and they can be a measure better because now you can include, you know, the, the components of video without, uh, if you can imagine a, con a contact center that's video enabled, um, I, can, I can now show the problem. And a picture paints a thousand words over, I have to describe the problem, I have to describe the problem to multiple tiers of contact center agents who may or may not be able to, to help me versus, hey, I'm just, we're just talking, here it is, here's the problem in the room, you know, what do we do about it? So, um so I'm getting a little afield, far afield here, but uh, Tom, to, to answer your question, uh, the answer is yes to both of those paths, coexistence. You asked me which is better, and I'm a big fan of evolution. I'm a big fan of you know moving to sim a simpler existence where communication is really just a subset now of productivity. Um, you know, we, for a while, we have compartmentalized communication as what well, has to be this, it has to be this server and the, you know, we have to have these functions. Nope. M most, uh, most BI, it has an eye to most business intelligence has an eye to incorporate, um, communication. So therefore you could s give an argument that, you know, um, productivity tools are the, 
uh, of the, are the Pac-Man and, and communications is the, the little glowing dot that's being gobbled up. Uh, communications can be built into our efficacy tools. And one of the areas that Teams is becoming uh, increasingly entwined with is Microsoft Viva. So I'd be interested you know, for you to talk us through how those two sort of technologies interact with each other. Yeah, um, I get this question a lot. Well, one of the things that my organization does within Audio Codes, if I'm allowed to talk about it, is we do uh, modernized communication workshops and hybrid meeting workshops for you know large Fortune 1, Fortune 500 companies to kind of talk about, all right, you're moving and let's let's map the course let's look at the phase phases let's understand it accordingly so when i do uh do these workshops uh i'll start in talking about viva and i, I always need to communicate that you're here to learn about room solutions and how to let the technology kind of fade into the background why are we talking about viva and you know why am i talking about connections and insights and learning and and these things our goal with hybrid meeting is to reduce the amount of unnecessary meetings. <laughs> I mean, the p pandemic really was like, hey, you're working from home. I need to know that you're working. So we're going to be on meetings all day long. <laughs> right. Uh, and so if you've ever sat in a chair and thought this didn't really have to be a meeting, we could have this is a IM or an email at best. Uh, what are we trying to accomplish here, et cetera? I think the challenge is to try to create a space where we can be as human as possible, co-create and really get to the, that exciting aha moments that we're, we're looking for, you know, in, in our interactions with each other. And let's let's push, let's decouple the, the other asynchronous work that we need to do. And let's push that into learning management or into, uh, you know, task management or into, you know, follow through, et cetera. Insights is a, a, a really clear picture into how you spend your day. How many meetings are you on? Do you have focus time? Uh, are you going to suffer from digital exhaustion because you're just back to back meetings every day, every day, every day, all the, all the time, right? Um, and so what Insights does is it says, how are you the most effective? It's not by being on back to back meetings all day long. And so giving yourself some focus time and some space. Uh, learning is how can I pre-inform my audience and make sure that either through testing or through consumption of material that when we arrive in this meeting, we all got the briefing, right? We, we don't have to set it up and talk about who's who and, you know, roles and goals. This is all defined uh, so that when we're there, we can say, all right, let's jump right in. Who, who's got an idea, right? Um, and then topics is I, what I consider the probably the most exciting part about Viva, and that's machine learning empowered, basically search, uh, and and that uses Teams as as a conduit, as a as a place, to where the search can occur. And so topics is if I don't know what an acronym means, or I don't while I'm in a meeting, instead of raising my hand and interrupting, I can do some search in the Teams channel, as an example, or I can look through the context of the Teams or reach out to the, you know, let's call it the family knowledge, the, the organization knowledge. Let's call it the family knowledge, reach out to the organization knowledge to get a briefing on that. And um, th that's extremely valuable to set the meeting up, to uh, get the meeting going, to get into that creative zone. And then afterwards, what do we do about those actions. How many times have you walked away from a meeting and you're like, okay, uh, I know we had some good ideas. Who's going to take action on that? And, oh, I'll wait till told, 
right? Um, and each of our meetings costs money, um, not just because of the, you know, bandwidth and the technology and the electricity and et cetera. I, I mean, the, the human capital involved uh, is substantial. So if we're having all these meetings, we need to be able to draw a line to the actionable uh, so that we can actuate. Uh, so that's that's probably too many words, uh, more than what you asked for. But those that's definitely how Viva plays a role within Teams. No, that that was great, and I think it plays into the final thing I wanted to ask you about actually, which is AI and how AI can you know provide some of the benefits you just spoke of as well. We've we're obviously all talking about generative AI, and there's the trend of connecting voice to AI as well. So I'll be interested just to get your thoughts around how things are looking in that space and specifically what applications um, the two could be kind of joined together to, to really benefit the user. Yeah, um, it, it's almost the, the new frontier with respect to, uh, let's call it the fourth cloud. Um, those of you who have been exposed to Microsoft's three cloud principles is really, okay, you have company knowledge and that should live in Azure no matter where, right? It should be in Azure. That's what your company knows. And that's infrastructure as a service, you know, storage, et cetera. Then you have, well, who has access to the knowledge? The second cloud is uh, platform as a service, right? O365, what are the applications that we use? And who has roles-based access or who can share what with who? And where does the security lie? You know, uh, who, what does your company know? And how does your company share what you know to the players in in your organization so that you can be as effective as possible. And that third cloud is now let's execute and let's actually use software as a service like Dynamic 365. Let's use software as a service to take action on or react or respond uh, beautifully to things pressing on, on the business, right? Uh, needs pressing on the business. So again, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service. These are the, the traditional Russian nesting dolls, so to speak, of how Microsoft's cloud offer comes to market. Well, years ago, uh, the, the theory of how do I make connections? You know, we could argue that most AI is yes, no decisions and appropriate connections right? The, the synergy between Bob talks to Jane and Jane and Bob worked on this particular thing. And therefore the next time they get together, I'm going to make that connection. I, I would even argue this is some of what's going on when you type out an email about downhill bicycles and all of a sudden you get downhill bicycle ads in your, your Google inbox, right? Um, so, so the point is just making those connections, right? It's not necessarily sentient. It's not necessarily self-aware. It's just uh, associating itself to the act actions and the activities that you've, um, that you've done and uh, how can it be most helpful? So in the past, in 3Cloud, Graph AI uh, was that connective tissue. It was a um, a way to say you want to be in our walled garden because what you know, what your company is able to share and what you're doing about what you know is all connected. And you have the ability to you know, see that across identity, across uh, access. Then Microsoft goes and buys a large learning um, a large language model, ChatGPT, right? Or, or at least, uh, uh, let's say, makes a significant investment, right? Um, this now becomes the the uh, the new way to take action, or the new way to 
get some, let's call it virtual assistant on maybe uh, cobbling together, uh, you know, the structure of a paragraph, putting together a presentation, using your connection, uh, using what it knows about you and what you work on daily uh, to make some sense of that with respect to what you're currently asking it to do. And so the, the large language model uh, literally is now plugged in through Microsoft Copilot into Graph. And what they're starting to show and what they're showing for the future and, and uh, coming very quick is how uh, those functions can be associated to uh, your connections and then those then are built into the productivity suites and the productivity solution uh, that are, you know, that obviously Microsoft represents. And, and for us at Audio Codes, we're extremely excited. We've been doing this for years, plugging um, text-to-speech, speech-to-text into inbound conversational IVR for a customer, you know, calling in to ask questions. We've all had bad robot experiences where a robot has really been told to almost seemingly keep us on you know, on the phone instead of putting us through to a person that we need to talk to. What a good robot is supposed to do is to understand what you need, confirm that with you, and then present that information to the recipient of the call so that they can more readily answer your question. So we've got a lot of experience in that. And what it now does, uh, what AI and the, 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 you know, the massive focus that we're seeing around that uh, machine learning involved is we're, we're seeing now an open marketplace not everybody's going to use dynamic. Uh, there are organizations that will use SAP, SFDC, BYOB, you know, fill in the blank, right? And and the idea is, uh, great, there's then lots of space for business intelligence confluence and pushing that to the graph within your productivity tools. And so we're extremely excited. Yes, it's, it's all the rage. And it also gets a lot of um, sometimes negativity. You know, people are worried that, uh, you know, Skynet will take over and, and determine that humans are no longer fit, you know, to be on the planet. But uh, the, the, the core of AI is yes, no, relation, decisions, assistance. And, and that's, that's, that's where we are today. Sure, AI can beat us at chess. Uh, can it also make our life simpler by uh, being the best possible assistant and making those connections? And, and that's really what's exciting about communications, exciting about productivity, and, and they and all that space in between. Yeah, you are, Evan. It's such an interesting time to be in the space, and I really appreciate you taking the time to take us through it today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for joining us, and thank you, everyone, for watching. If you enjoyed this video, you'll find more great content at the UC Today Marketplace, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>